guys welcome back to another episode of horror wine and crime up here with kk and lo what's Hello, going on Lo? it is a beautiful day here in the d it is it is a beautiful day i went to the detroit zoo today with the family so fun didn't get to see the polar bears but i saw the penguins which are my fave and we saw the otters, which are so cute. I want to take one home and just put it in my pool. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's my happy place today. Love it. Yeah, it looked like it was a beautiful day out for that. Um, I've been inside all day. I just worked and. Um, Mother Nature is hurting my stomach today. That's all I'll say. But so from my window, it looked like it was a nice day. <laughs> I can't tell from experience, but. No, it was just funny. As I was saying earlier, I sweated my ass off at the zoo. I was hot. I'm like, I'm going to go home and we're just going to jump in the pool. And we're like, oh, my God. And of course, I get home and I put my suit on and then I go outside and I'm like, doesn't feel that hot anymore and then the water was cooler and I'm like I got on my inner tube and that's as far as I got <laughs> I didn't make it all the way in hey you tried you at least you know halfway got there <laughs> when it's like cold like that and like the sun's just not right sometimes it's like the pool's not even worth it because then oh, you'll just get like freezing I did pour me a Jim Beam and Coke Get it, girl. Have one for me. I'm just drinking a Gatorade up in here. <laughs> I went to uh, the Brett Michaels concert. Bum, 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 bum. With my heart could have pattern. <laughs> um, which was fantastic. Loved it. And I was there and they made me lemonade with a shot of whiskey. And then one girl's like, no, I'll make it a double. And I'm like, okay. Um, and that was my new favorite drink, but then I ran out of lemonade, so here we are with Coke. That's such a random mix, I feel like. Whiskey and lemonade, it's good. No, they actually sell them in a can that way now. Really? The bottom that way. But it's cheaper to buy a supper than make your own. Right. But, huh. yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not a big whiskey girl, so I'm, I wouldn't You'd know. Like it that way, Sounds like an interesting mix, but it must be good. You'd be down for it that way, I promise. I'll get you there. Yeah, I'm not too much of a whiskey girl. I don't know if I'll ever if I'll ever get there. <laughs> I'll get you there. <laughs> She'll get me there. I understand that straight. A lot of people don't like it straight. Um, but the lemonade it makes it sweet. I could do the peanut butter whiskey straight, but that's about it. Like all the other whiskeys usually you say that, but then you're like, Oh, my aunt was supposed to finish that for me when you weren't looking. Oh my gosh, it's because I had like three different kinds of alcohol that night and it was like a I Tuesday know. night. You're like, Aunt Karen, you were supposed to finish it. She was like, oh, I'll go drink it. And I'm like, okay. And then I look and it's like still like pretty much full. I'm like, what the heck? You didn't even drink yours. You're like, damn it. I was like, I had a sip, but my stomach is hurting. Yeah, fish got busted, girls. Fish got busted, people. I did. I did get busted. My stomach can't handle all the liquor like it. I was going to say like it once could, but I'm going to be real. My stomach could never ha handle liquor very well. <laughs> but that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. So we got a little story for you guys today. Um, we are making it happen. Both of us are going to be on vacay, but we are coming together so we can still get a story out for you guys putting in the work people are putting yep. in the work absolutely so yeah we are right on schedule and we'll be back again next week um so nothing will be interrupted i was just telling pat that today in the car i said do you know this weekend me and you'll be the furthest apart that we could possibly get without leaving the country you're going to be in New York. I'm going to be in Hawaii. We can't get any farther away from each other. 
I'm so stupid. I thought you meant you and Pat. And I was like, wait, but you're going to the same place. <laughs> That's why I was like, is this a riddle? I'm so confused. <laughs> but you're correct. Yes, you and me. <laughs> oh, I did. He did say, though, like, if we get caught touching turtles, it's a $10,000 fine. For real? And also, yeah. And you know, you're not allowed to laugh there out loud. That's a lie. You have to keep it down to aloha. <laughs> that was so good. But the turtles is true. But <laughs> that's so good. Oh my gosh. I was like, what? Who even wants to go to Hawaii if you can't laugh? What the fuck? Can't laugh out loud. That was you a good one though. Lowe's got the jokes, you guys. <laughs> but that is a bummer about the turtles. If I saw a turtle, I'd want to, like, touch it. Yeah. But I guess you gotta respect the turtle space, man. <laughs> yeah, you'll be in a tropical place, and I'll be in, like, a city place. I'm expecting so, me to be at the front desk when I get there. You're expecting what? Mila Kunis. Oh, yes. And you should get like a lay. They should. I wonder if they will. If they'll like lay you and like give you a drink when you get there. That'd be sick. I said, asked him, I was like, are we going to get laid as soon as we get off the plane? He's like, I hope so. <laughs> He's like, in more than one way. <laughs> but I'm excited for you. You're going to have such a fun time. You'll have fun. You got, yes. But you got to take lots of beautiful pictures of the hawaiian tropical just the whole the entire thing the whole experience make me feel like i was there with you <laughs> Got it. So, i'm like can uh, you just vlog your entire trip <laughs> i will do my best sometimes i might have to turn the camera off we're not that kind of show that's all right i wouldn't expect that i don't know yeah. that i would necessarily want to watch that either because I would be uncomfortable probably with you guys the next time I saw you. Why are you not looking at us in the eyes? <laughs> be like, oh, well, hi guys. <laughs> so on that note, cheers with my Gatorade and with your uh, whiskey Coke to uh, Jim safe Beam, travels. My other love of my life. Jim Beam, Mr. Jim Beam. Cheering to safe travels this upcoming weekend tink, tink, tink. Tink. and shout out to armchairy clan over there now anything else before we get started no the people are already bored of shit with our conversation so we need to move on you're right sorry guys we have to get that out of the way like also you should <laughs> care Somebody cares, maybe one. Yeah, person. my mom cares when she listens. <laughs> <laughs> so we really just, and your mom cares. So we do it for our moms. I think my mom cares, and she might not care. <laughs> we'll just say she cares. <laughs> so this is to that part was dedicated to our moms. Okay, but now we can get into the uh, the actual story of today. Um, we are going to be talking about. Well, the main topic is a Mr. Ron Baker. So we shall get into it. So kind of the central theme of this is people were unsure of what exactly happened to college student Ron Baker. Was this a brutal murder? or some type of an occult sacrifice. So sketchy stuff going on over there. And we're going to find out exactly what went down. So just a few days after the summer solstice, when hikers were out and about walking around, they sadly stumbled upon the body of a 21-year-old Ron Baker, and his body was found in a dark tunnel 
in June of 1990. So this specific tunnel that his body was found in, um, which, yeah, we're just jumping right into uh, right into it. But it was marked with all these satanic symbols and like all these references to drugs Um the locals around the area, this tunnel was known as the Manson Tunnel um, just because of like its dark and creepy past. So that was kind of like the nickname that it was coined. Um, but yeah, it had a lot of creepy like symbols and drawings all around it. Now, Los Angeles police detective Frank Garcia, who he's now retired, he says we were told that they would do animal sacrifices there when he's talking about this tunnel. He says there was writing on the inside of the tunnel, things about hell and fear. There were pentagrams all indicating some kind of occult activity that was taking place in the tunnel. So there was a lot of, like, creepy shit going on in this tunnel. Um, Nobody really liked to, like, go in it, you know, because scary. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, the famed cult leader, Mr. Charles Manson himself, he also had once lived near that tunnel. Um, So that kind of only added to, like, the whole folklore of it and, like, the creepiness factor of it. Now, getting back to Ron, he was an astrophysics major from UCLA, so he was a pretty smart guy going to college. Um, When he was found dead, he had multiple stab wounds, and his throat had been completely, like, slashed. So it was a pretty gruesome, intense murder. Um, Now... A man named Michael Connolly, who he was covering the case at the time as a reporter for the Los Angeles Times. Um, He's also, side note, like a best-selling crime novelist. But he, when he was covering it, he says it was a pretty horrible way and place to die. Detectives learned that before his death... Ron had become increasingly interested in, like, the pagan religion, Wicca, and he was a member of a college group known as the Mystic Circle. So he was kind of really getting into that world, um, which made it a little bit more eerie of the way that his body was found and where it was found exactly. Um, You know, when detectives went to search his apartment, they found an altar Um, It had candles, it had a pentagram, it had large knives that I guess were supposedly used in like rituals that they would often do. Um, I don't know exactly all the things that they would sacrifice, but I, I mean, I would assume it was like animals and stuff like that. Now, Investigators were also very, like, taken back and, like, by surprise um, the day that the college student disappeared. So he vanished on June 21st, 1990. Um, And this was also known as the summer solstice, which is like a day kind of considered like a holiday within the Wicca religion. So the fact that he was practicing this religion and then he vanished that day also is, again, like a pretty serious link to like it being something more than just like a fluke murder. Um, So I guess there were rumors going around at the time that this could have been like a sacrifice due to the multiple stab wounds and the fact that his throat was slit. Um, now the detective Garcia says, we don't really know. We certainly didn't rule that out. And Ron's death, it came at a time when satanic panic was really, uh, running rampant and was like a big topic of conversation throughout the United States, um, United States. And, It sparked urban legends and, like, 
a lot of like fear came up in the communities everywhere when people were talking about it. I mean, it's like creepy stuff. Like if you think about some of the things, you know, some urban legends. Now, um, you can shout out to our urban legends episode if you want to go listen to that. We talk about quite a few of them. Some of them are like ridiculous and like just funny and not scary but other ones they they definitely have like a creepy factor so if things are happening around where you live and like the town that you live obviously i feel like that just even adds like more scariness to it now detective rick jackson who was a part of the case you know he said we had to take it seriously because people were saying oh you know, they were, like, making it amped up, like, oh, this is such a um, conspiracy, like, with him doing a sacrifice, and that's the way that he died. But, and I feel like a lot of times people, like, drum up these things, and police kind of just shrug it off, like, people are just, like, making crazy scenarios up. But he said that they had to take it seriously, um, and that his death might have been linked to the occult just because he was practicing the Wicca religion, it was during summer solstice, and it was found in this tunnel with all this satanic, like, codes and whatever all around it, um, and the fact that he even had, like, an altar and knives and candles, like, all in his room. So they definitely had to take that theory very seriously when they were, like, investigating this story. We'll look into it. We'll see. Right, Exactly. And it's kind of like, I feel like that has to be so hard because, like. Are you sure how, he wasn't suicidal? Right. Like, how do you know, like, if he, like, wanted well, to die or it was planned? Like, how are you, like, supposed to, like, investigate that? You know what I mean? Because he's already dead. You can't ask him. I feel like sometimes it's just the police and cops go to when they don't have quite the answer. Right. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to explore all the options and look into everything. Um, but it's like, mm, do you really know what's going on or will you really be able to figure it out? Um, but yeah, the detectives, they dove in deep. They tried to learn everything that they could about the Wicca religion um, and kind of like his whole mystic group that he was in. Um, or Mystic Circle. They even tracked down one of Ron's friends who was in that group. Now, his friend told Detective, she told him about the religion's, like, focus, and she said that the focus was on nature and that they had peaceful rituals and spiritual traditions, so she really made it sound like, you know, like a pleasant thing and, like, a positive thing, not like we're out here murdering people, so I don't, like, I think... Now, I don't know if she just was saying that to, like, save the group for being under investigation or whatever, but it is kind of weird, the whole situation, I guess. Um, she says he had absolutely no involvement in anything that would ever involve human sacrifice. I mean, he would never have meddled or even ventured into anything like that. Um, according to her, she says, as a physicist, Ron had been drawn to the religion because of its ties to nature. Um, she said, and what do physicists study? They study energy and they study forces. And those were things that were part of everyday language in Wicca, she said. So, I mean, it makes sense what she's saying, if that's the truth, you know, she's saying he's studying physicists and it's linked to kind of what we talk about in this religion. So it makes sense why he had like a connection and wanted to learn more about it and be more involved. Um, but she's saying, you know, it's about peace and it's about nature and he never would have gone into sacrifice or anything dark like that. And like, I'm not saying I don't believe her, but also he had like, that whole altar in his room with like knives and like stuff like that. And that makes me think proof kind of in the pudding type deal. Like. Yeah. And like the fact that he was a part of this 
and it was summer solstice, which is like a holiday for them. And he was found in that specific Charles Manson tunnel with all the satanic like thing, like symbols all around it. It's like, that's kind of too weird. Now I'm not saying he would have gotten into that. Who knows? Maybe somebody in the mystic circle wanted to get into darker sacrifice and stuff like that and they chose ron or targeted ron you know what i mean doesn't mean that he necessarily was a part of it they did something and it went too far maybe it wasn't even an intentional murder maybe it was let's try this spell so to speak or try this ritual or you know you cut whatever and it just went sideways and they were just like holy shit and just left them there and left you know right exactly I, f- I feel like it could have been like so many different possibilities of what exactly happened to him um so obviously since this was kind of like a weird thing like i mean i feel like the public is always very invested to a murder when it comes out especially when it's like in their local area i mean it- it's human nature people get very interested um but especially with this case the public was extremely fascinated by it you know just the tie into the whole like uh spiritual um sacrifice kind of thing it just kind of i feel like it made it more entertaining to the public which is sad because obviously a young man's life was lost and it shouldn't be entertainment but i think that that's just what caught the attention of a lot more people to be like way more into this case it's not a normal case so it's going to draw people's attention especially when it's you know the wiccan type story or something a little bit more different than the average body found strangled in the woods or stabbed in the woods which it's always sad to hear that but it's more common to where they're like oh i'm interested but this is something different that stands out different Right, exactly. So it like definitely because of that caught a lot of people's attention and they were super like invested in this case. So investigators, they soon began to believe that Ron's religious studies, they said that they didn't think they had anything at all to do with his death. Um, And they just started looking at closer details um, into his life and like what was he what he was about um, you know he was a really quiet guy he studied a lot um, and they just kind of were like all right let's kind of get into the mind of Ron what he was up to and really like dissect where his life was at when he went missing and then died so on the night that he disappeared Ron's roommates their names were Duncan Martinez and Nathan Blalek. They told detectives that Ron planned to go to UCLA to meet up with his Mystic Circle friends. Um, they said that they dropped him off at a bus stop that night, and then they never saw their friend again. Now, Baker and Martinez, they had been really close friends for years prior to that, And Martinez had been a regular fixture um, at the Baker house. He, like, always was over his house during high school years. You know, he was super close with his family. Um, So they were just pretty tight. His sister, Patty, says he was always really personable, very funny, easygoing, and easy to talk to. Now, Blalek, the former football star... Um, And he's actually an army veteran from Detroit. He befriended the pair, those two, later on. And both of them told detectives that they had absolutely no idea who would have even wanted to harm Ron at all. Because he was just a nice guy. He didn't have enemies. They really weren't sure of anybody who would want to even, like, fight him at least you know what I mean so the night he disappeared Ron's parents 
they reported receiving a strange phone call from a man claiming to have kidnapped their son. The caller said that he would kill Ron unless the family delivered $100,000 to him by 5 p.m. the next day. The following morning, they received another creepy similar call and they immediately contacted police. And I'm not saying, you know, what's right, a right way or wrong way to go about things. But I feel like I would have contacted police after the first phone call, you know, not like the second one, especially if I was trying to get a hold of my son and he wasn't like answering or whatever the case was. I don't know why they waited until the second phone call to call police, but that's just a thought that I had, I guess. Um, but the family, they never heard from the, you know, quote, kidnapper again. And after police collected a photo of Ron, they were able to match it to a John Doe in the coroner's office. So they matched it to the body that was found um, by the hikers. So Ron's family obviously was extremely devastated um, and just so sad that they had to lay Ron to rest. His friend Martinez, he delivered a very emotional eulogy for his longtime friend. Um, in it, he says, he was the most friendliest, sweetest guy, and I just hope that it's something I can get over because I love him. To Baker's family, Martinez appeared to be obviously a grieving friend because he had known him for so long. They had been friends for years. But investigators kind of were feeling a little spishy, spishy, fishy, fishy. And they began to suspect that Martinez and Blalock weren't really telling the full truth, telling everything that they knew about the entire crime. They just like felt like they weren't giving the full story. So Martinez told detectives that after learning Ron had been kidnapped, he and Blaylock went looking for him at Chatsworth Park, which um, a park is that is kind of really close to the tunnel where his body was later discovered, um, which is kind of weird why he said that, like, specifically. Like, why did they specifically look in that park, especially when it's so close to where he was found? Um, and Martinez did also fail a polygraph test. Now, polygraph tests, as we've talked about, I feel like in prior episodes, they're not always accurate. I feel like you can't always trust them. Like, if I was a part of a crime, I would not take a polygraph test or a lie detector test because they're so unreliable that if, like, anything – if I was just so nervous taking it and I wasn't actually lying, it could still come up and say that I was lying just because of my heart rate. You know what I mean? So I personally well, would never take one of those. Put, uh, if you guys put a Fisher-Price flashlight on Crystal's face, She's going to crack and tell you the truth. Okay. She cannot tell a lie. <laughs> Low is not wrong. She's a hundred percent correct. I would crack under the pressure. Nobody tell me your dark secrets. Okay. I mean, if it has to do with like me being questioned about it one day, don't ever tell me because I'll crack under the pressure. <laughs> I love Crystal for so many reasons. And there are so many things that I will call her for help for my child to pick her up, take her somewhere, you know, crying shoulder. I need money. I need food. That kind of shit. Chris will be my number one. Please help me commit a crime. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to call Rosales. I, I understand. She's the ride or die that she'd be like, I'm grabbing my shovel. And I'd be like, okay, don't tell Crystal. Literally, please, I ask that you don't tell me because I couldn't handle it. <laughs> I would literally crack. <laughs> but yeah, so they were really getting kind of suspicious of Martinez and Blaylock. 
But just as investigators were starting to take a closer look at him, he weirdly suddenly disappeared under a bizarre set of circumstances. Red flags, people, red flags. Speaking of red flags, though, did you say that the ransom was only $5,000? No, it was $100,000. Okay, for some reason, I think you said $5,000. I must have misheard you. Oh, but they'd be asking for very like, little for, like, ransom. That's kind of where I was like, this seems like a very amateur, like, someone doesn't know what they're doing asking for money. Yeah. Like, I mean, I that- an Austin Powers moment playing my head. When he had to tell him, like, no, 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 you, you have to aim higher. <laughs> Honestly, like, at that point, his family should have just given the $5,000 if that's what it was. <laughs> okay, a hundred. I don't know how I heard only five. Well, I did. He did want it by their caller wanted it by 5 p.m. So maybe oh. the five stuck in your head or something. Maybe. Okay. But it makes more sense now. So. Yeah, it was a little bit a little bit more than five thousand, but that would have been kind of funny if it was only five thousand they were asking for. <laughs> um but yeah, so super weird. Martinez just disappeared. Like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, this is making you look sketchy, my dude, because they're asking you all these questions and you're giving like kind of not a full story and like kind of like suspicious answers and you also failed a polygraph test and now all of a sudden you're just disappearing um so a few weeks after the murder martinez he left like a really weird kind of troubling message on his friend's answering machine this is back in the 90s people we got answering machines um (laughs) he claimed that he had been kidnapped and was being held at a warehouse in the message you can hear him say i don't know what's going on i'm gonna try and get out of here so detectives like obviously his friend like reached out to the police and was like oh my friend left me a message saying that he's kidnapped all this stuff so detectives immediately like launched a search for martinez but they found absolutely no sign of him anywhere Now, they determined that the call had been nothing but a, quote, farce, which I don't even know what that word means, but it means, like, fake. (laughs) You know, like, 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 yeah, like, yeah, like a hoax. Like, okay, hoax. Yes. I've, I feel like I've never heard the word farce before. Um, (laughs) But yeah, they, they were, like, thinking this is, like, a hoax. This is fake this they weren't taking it seriously they didn't think it was legit um and after they traced the call back to a payphone it was in a las vegas airport so it's kind of like okay dude i don't know i don't think you're in a warehouse right now because you're in a las vegas airport and your luck isn't that good buddy for being in vegas (laughs) exactly so investigators concluded that martinez had staged the entire kidnapping to just like explain his sudden disappearance like he kind of wanted like a story for why he had disappeared he wanted people to think that he got kidnapped and was missing um which is again weird if your friend was just murdered and his family also got a call saying that they kidnapped him and they want this ransom money, but then he shows up dead. Why are you faking a kidnapping call weeks later and you just disappear? Again, giant red flag number two goes up. Um, Garcia says he was gone. He was missing. We had no idea where he was. So more than a year After Ron's murder, a seasoned passport agent at a federal building in Boston, he became suspicious after a man claiming to be Jonathan Wayne Miller. He was claiming that was his name and everything. He came in trying to get an emergency passport without any photo identification. Never trust Miller. Never trust Miller. (laughs) 
then obviously the agent looked at him side eye. He was like, what? You don't have any photo identification and you want this like emergency passport? You know, weird. So the agent looked into the man's claims and he kind of did some digging and some investigating of his own. And he discovered that the man had stolen the identity of a baby who had died years earlier. So Jonathan Wayne Miller was actually the name of, sadly, a, a baby who had died years prior yeah, to this. I know. That's horrible. You're going to steal the identity of a deceased baby? It's horrible. But, so obviously the guy... The agent was like, all right, I got to notify people about this because clearly something suspicious is going on. So the FBI then issued a warrant for passport fraud for this supposed Miller guy. Now, when the same man was stopped by a Utah highway patrolman, the trooper obviously put in his information when he was pulled over and everything and he discovered the warrant and he arrested him on the spot now once they brought him in and did all the things that they have to do it turned out to be none other than martinez the the friend that was kidnapped supposedly in the las vegas airport but was in a warehouse big shock <laughs> And Martinez, he had been living under that fake identity for that, you know, year or so or whatever it was after he had disappeared. So now after this, he's now facing federal charges. And Martinez was suddenly willing to talk to detectives about Ron's death. Um, but there was kind of a big catch that he had. He said that he would only be willing to share what he knew about Ron Baker's death and murder if authorities agreed to give him a, quote, king for a day immunity deal. And that meant that authorities were unable to use anything that he said that day against him. But if, if he ever talked about the crime again or new evidence was discovered, he could be charged with murder, which I didn't even know that was a thing. Like king for a day. Immunity. Like I didn't know that that even existed. And I don't think that it should. <laughs> so you can do whatever you want for a day. Like the purge, you can do whatever you want for a day. Literally, like basically, he could tell he could tell them whatever he wanted, but that he couldn't be charged for anything. And it they had to pretend like they didn't hear it, they couldn't use it as evidence. So it's like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, I get it, they would still get information, but then if they can't use it, what's the point of even having that immunity deal? I guess maybe they're thinking if he gets talking, they can trip him up next day, find a way around it, a loophole. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. It just seems like kind of, I get it. Like it could lead somewhere, but it seems super, super risky to me. So with the deal in place, Martinez kind of like in this creepy manner, he just recalled how he and his friend, the other roommate, Blalock, they had lured Ron to the tunnel to, quote, they told him, drink beer and meet girls. So they lured him to this tunnel and they were like, yeah, dude, we're going to hang out. It's going to be sick. We're going to drink some beer. We're going to meet some chicks, you know, and just hang out. You know, I feel like a stupid thing, a stupid guy thing that they would definitely do. It doesn't seem like anything weird or crazy and if they were friends for years obviously why would ron not go with them now martinez claimed that blalock tripped inside of the tunnel and i guess ron had made a joke he said blalock after ron made this joke he like flew into like this rage and just started to stab him which is just very intense of, an, of a reaction, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. 
like he just tripped a joke was made and then all of a sudden he was so pissed and just started stabbing ron because he made this joke so martinez said ron was screaming help me help me duncan which is Martinez, Duncan Martinez. He says, why are you doing this to me? What did I ever do to deserve this? Like he said that Ron was just screaming all these things as Blalock was just continually stabbing him. According to his account, they staged the kidnapping calls to Ron's parents to try to shift suspicion away from them. They wanted people to think that he was genuinely kidnapped and wanted ransom and by like random people and then was murdered. He, they just didn't want anything to do with the crime. So there was, however, one detail that led investigators to believe the killing may have actually been premeditated. Like they thought, Maybe this could have been a planned thing and Martinez is just lying about this whole like random rage stabbing because Martinez told investigators that he and Blalock had been watching the TV show Dragnet when they talked about killing someone. Now, Detective Jackson says, I think it was a joint thing like they were both involved. So they think that, like, because of this TV show, which had to do, like, with murder and all that kind of stuff, that they, it, like, inspired them to do their own killing, which is so wild to me because, you know, we talk about true crime and all these cases and we watch all these true crime shows and listen to all these podcasts and stuff like that. And I never get inspired to, like, do it myself. You know what I mean? Just goes to show, like, probably how deranged they were, if that is the case in the first place. So, at the time, also, Martinez, he began talking about Ron's death to his girlfriend. Telling her that he and a friend had talked about going after Ron as part of an intentional plan. Um, word about his involvement in the crime, it soon started to spread among the university. And it was like, quote, you know, destroying his reputation that he had. Then police finally got the break that they needed when he was arrested for burglary in Utah. So he was like all over the freaking place. The local detective there got Martinez to talk and open up about the murder and his, like, creepy role in it. And he, as he got him to open up and talk about it, he was actually recording the phone call. So, gotcha. Gotcha, motherfucker. Gotcha. Um, Martinez said, um, I told Nathan... You've got to finish him off or something because you can't leave him like that. Now, this is what he's saying of giving like the final order to kill Ron. He says, you better cut his throat and finish him off or something. So he was like making his friend do the dirty work while he was kind of like ring leading it being like, the you do this. Master. Yeah. Like he was like. You're doing my dirty work, but I'm telling you what to do. Now, with his immunity no longer in place, because I guess it had like a time limit on it or whatever, police finally had enough like evidence, especially clearly with his recorded like phone call, basically confession. They had enough to arrest Martinez. Now, both of the men, they were convicted of first-degree murder, and they were sentenced to life without parole. Um, however, kind of crazy to me, California, California, <laughs> California, California government, um, they later commuted and, like, 
change Martinez's sentence for some reason, and he was released on parole in 2020. Now, that's wild to me. I know this took place like in the 90s, so he had been in prison um, for quite a while by the time it got to 2020. But he, his friend was brutally murdered and like they planned it. I, the fact that he's released, even though he's on parole, the fact that he's released is so wild to me. I get that he didn't actually physically kill him. It was Blalock who like physically killed him. So that's like how he got out. But he's the one that like planned it and gave the orders and stuff like that. So I don't know. To me, that's just wild that he even got out um but yeah is so in prison? yeah the other one is still in prison blylock is still in prison he's still sentenced to the first degree murder um he's life sentencing said, so he's a lifer he's a lifer yeah <laughs> but yeah the other guy should have been too i mean you didn't necessarily pull the reverse or to speak that you gave him the loaded weapon Right, like, I don't get that. It, it doesn't, I, I just think they both need to still be in there. I don't think he should have been released. Um, it, it's kind of, it's scary stuff, because clearly he's not, like, <laughs> a good person. Like, why, they were friends for years, nothing happened. They just randomly, basically, it was pretty much they just randomly decided to murder their friend. You know what I mean? Um well, the good thing there's only two of us and we don't have a third. I know. Yeah. We started <laughs> to keep the two of us. Yeah, exactly. We can't add a third. Otherwise, who knows what will happen. <laughs> we might go to some satanic cave. <laughs> yeah. So it, it it is pretty crazy, this story. Like, probably the last two people that his family and friends and like the public thought that it would be because they were such good friends they didn't have any like issues nothing happened to like really you know make them want to murder him and it just created this whole like whirlwind of a story for everybody in the media just because of where it took place the religion he was studying the altar in his room so a lot of people like for a while thought that this for sure was like some sort of sacrifice i mean if they never caught martinez and blaylock like if they never figured out that it was them and this story was still out there and kind of unsolved i would for sure still think that it was like some sort of sacrifice just with all the details kind of surrounding it but um nope it just turned out to be one of the one of the basic murders <laughs> You know, that we have every day. Basic bitches. Ba basic bitches. <laughs> but yeah, I... I don't know. I send positive thoughts to his family because that's just so messed up. Especially, he was so close to Martinez. Like, like it said, they were so close in high school and everything. Like, I don't know. Like, it's so wild to me when you have a friend for so long then they just turn on you and kill you like that. It, it's just wild. Um, but yeah, that that was one freaking crazy story. Um, and all that information came from LA Times, Sportskeeper, Oxygen, and Dateline. So yeah, shout out to Ron and his family because it's just a sad story that he did not deserve to go through that. He just thought he was going to a tunnel with his friends to drink beer and meet girls. You know what I mean? Like, how it's effed up is man. that? It's time to get some right. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Um, kind of shifting gears for a quick little. It kind of ties into this story just a little bit, and I'll explain like why when we get to it, but. And I didn't even think about it when I was, like, typing it up. But after I was, like, talking about Ron's story, there's some, like, similar aspects to this okay, little... Because I know where you're going and I don't freaking know how. 
No, I know. And I'll, I'll, I'll say why when we get there, but I'm kind of doing like a little mini news story of the week. Um, it's a little mini true crime that kind of, you guys probably heard about it. If you have any social media or watch the news at all, because it, it literally went viral. This was in an insane story, like just going around. So it, it's about this Alabama woman who police say, you know, she disappeared after calling 911 to report a child walking all alone along the highway um, and then nothing. She just disappeared. Her family didn't know where she went. Um, so, but then all of a sudden she was found and all this crazy stuff went on. So yeah, we'll kind of get into it. And I feel like if you didn't hear about this, you at least had to have heard about the first part. So her name was or is Carlitha or Carly for short, Nicole Russell. She's 25 and she was driving down the highway, the interstate, and she reported a toddler walking alone along this interstate, which was um, 459 South near mile marker 11. Um, it was This was on July 13th of this year, and police received a 911 call from her around 9.34 p.m. So after she called 911, um, she stopped to check on this like toddler and she called a family member to kind of like talk about it and just let them know what was going on. Um, now the family member that she was on the phone with, she lost contact with her, but like the line still, like she was still on the phone line with her. And I believe on the other line, it was her sister that she was talking to. And she's like, oh my gosh, there's this toddler walking by himself. Um, I just called the police, but I'm going to go check. And then her sister hears her talking to the toddler, like being like, are you okay? Like, you know, like, where's your mom? What's going on? And then she hears Carly scream and then she hears nothing. So then obviously she freaks out and she calls the police and then all of a sudden Carly's missing and it's a national news story. Now, I was just wrong. <laughs> That's my bad. She was not on the phone with her sister. She was on the phone with her brother's girlfriend. Um, but yeah, her mom says that like once officers arrived at the scene, Carly wasn't anywhere to be found and there was no sign of a child. The only thing that they found was Carly's wig, her cell phone, and her purse on the roadway near her car. Now, at the time, the Hoover police said that they didn't receive any calls of someone missing any child at all. Like, nobody else saw this child. Like, no, they don't know who this child was because the child wasn't there either when the police showed up. Now, many local, state, and federal agencies immediately offered assistance and provided personnel and other resources to the investigation, police said. And, you know, they say no stone was left unturned and the investigation continued throughout the weekend. Um, like, this is truly, like, became viral. Like, it was all over the internet. People were talking about it. You know, they really were like, we need to find... Carly I felt horrible when I heard this I'm like this poor girl just pulled over because she saw a child and was trying to help and then someone this was like a plot you know I was like this totally was like a kidnapping ploy they were using a child to like lure someone in and then they stole her so yeah people were freaking out obviously her family was like crying like being like, please, we, we're praying. We know Carly's going to come home. Um, her boyfriend, Thomas Latrell Simmons, he said on Instagram on that Sunday that she was fighting for her life during the time that she was missing. Um, 
Now, craziness after that. Saturday, that Saturday, so not even like that much time had passed. Police received a call around 10.45 p.m. that Carly had returned to her home. She was back and she was on foot. She was running and she like escaped the people that took her and she was finally home. Um, So her family was like, obviously like, thank God, like you're home, you're safe. And Carly was taken to a local hospital by fire medics for an evaluation. Um, So, you know, she says that she was literally fighting for her life for 48 hours. Um, You know, the police gave her like a little bit of time um, until she was like said she would be physically and mentally stable again. Um, to give any updates or, like, to talk to police about, like, what exactly happened. And when she did, you know, they were, like, obviously, they were just asking what happened. She says that she got out to talk to this little kid and ask if the kid was okay. And then all of a sudden, a man was coming out of like the bushes, foresty type area along the highway and grabbed her. And then she got thrown into like this truck. She heard a woman's voice, but she didn't see the woman, but she did see the man. Then she says she managed to escape out of the truck, but they caught her, put her back in the truck. Then she was brought to a house and she says, you know, she wasn't like, tortured in the way like she wasn't sexually assaulted or anything like that but she says that the woman was like playing with her hair and like they were just like talking weird to her she managed to escape somehow and then she booked it and she ran home and then she got home they took pictures of her too yeah like they were like yeah like making it seem like they were gonna like send her you know, for, like, sex trafficking or something like that. So it was, like, very wishy-washy details that she had. Um, and just, like, they were, like, trying to put the pieces together of, like, okay, who are these people? Where were they? So they kind of did more digging. And the story started getting very weird. And uh, they were like, wait... <laughs> Something more is going on here. Yeah, she also said that he was like redheaded and when he was balding in the back. Yeah. Yeah, when she was like describing the man, but she still never, she said she never saw the woman, so she didn't know what the woman looked like. Um, She just had her pictures of you. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, like how do you not see her, but you see him and you see what's going on? I don't know. I mean, my hair, but I never saw her face. Right. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, that's kind of another thing that they were like, okay, they were trying to like, well, maybe she's freaked out and like, just trying to like, put everything together. Obviously, it's a traumatizing situation. So she might not have everything in her head right now. That's what they probably initially thought. But then they did more digging. They looked into Carly's cell phone, like records and like her searches on Google and stuff like that. And she was Googling the day, like days prior and the day of, of her disappearance. Things like, can I take out a large amount of money in my ATM without anybody noticing? Or um, can I, if I run away at this train station and I use cash, can it be linked to me? Like things like that. How much an Amber Alert costs? Yes. Like very, like things like what? (laughs) Like she's Googling this and then all of a sudden she disappears. And then another thing, there was, so the subdivision that her family lived in where she was returned, there was video footage from someone's like 
house security camera or whatever, she was just walking casually until she got closer to like her parents' house or whoever's house it was. And then she started booking it and flailing her arms and screaming as if she had been doing that the whole time. And then it gets even like crazier. Apparently her boyfriend, I don't know if they were officially broken up at the time, like before she had went missing and she was like wanting to get him back. But I know that he did cheat on her with a stripper and she was messaging the stripper before she went missing, like threatening her being like, that's my man, you're trash, like all this stuff. And she apparently did all of this, this entire thing she made up was not true because she wanted to get her boyfriend back. <laughs> what a joke. You had the entire country up in arms about she was a nurse or a nursing student, I believe she was still in school. Um, a kind nurse pulling over to save and rescue a child and then she gets kidnapped. Oh my goodness. Everybody's so terrified and scared and looking for her. And then it's like, oh my gosh, she's found. Yay. Like, this is amazing. Okay. Oh, she was kidnapped by this man and this woman. We have to find them. What are the details? And it's like, no, she made all that up. That was all, all fake. Right there, like, the black community was finally happy because for once we're putting her in the headlines, we're making it big news. We're giving it the same attention that the uh, hiker guy, you know, and then it turns out to be a hoax. And they're like, what? We finally get I like, I know. I felt so sad for all the all the TikToks that I saw. I felt so sad when that's what, you know, obviously they were saying because it is true the black community don't get enough coverage when somebody goes missing compared to like like you said like if a white girl goes missing, it's national news, everybody's on a hunt. So the fact that this became so viral and national, people were like finally like, yes, we're paying attention to someone in the black community. And then she just made it a joke for them. And I am so sad for them in that way. And she's, that's just embarrassing. And I, I mean, what a loser, <laughs> to be honest. But on a different note, his Instagram has skyrocketed and he's got like 20,000 plus followers now in a day. And everybody's like, Hey boo. Cause he's kind of a good looking dude, you know? He might be a douchebag because he cheated, whatever. But people are just like, she got he gone now, dude. Like, you just, you know, obviously he had a nice car if that was his car in the picture. And he's graduated. He's obviously got education. And, like, because y'all did a makeup and breakup and it went too far or whatever he did with the stripper. But, girl, you went about it the wrong way. Like, he done gone now for good. And uh, getting like three hats and a cop, ma'am. Literally, her plan backfired so hard. Like she's she's like facing jail time for this because of this entire story that she made up. She for sure lost her man because girl, you're crazy. Like he's not gonna get back with you, especially after that. All the money know. they have to pay for all the services that people put out looking for her, all the you know, like shit. It's truly wild. Um, and the connection that I was saying with this, it's like obviously not like as big as the Ron Baker story, but just how Martinez was faking the kidnapping and the ransom and then he faked his kidnapping and it's like oh, she's faking her kidnapping. So I was like, oh, that kind of ties in um, because when I originally typed it, she was still um, she was just found like I didn't know about the whole this was all to a ploy to get her boyfriend back thing. Um, so yeah, like twists have turned, twists have turned, twists, <laughs> twists has been taken. I, she's, I lost my words because it's so wild, but yeah, um, I just had to throw that in there and talk about it because what a crazy story. Oh my God. Bitches be crazy. Bitches That's be crazy. People like this that 
give us the term bitches be crazy. I know it's messed up because we're not crazy, but like some some are. <laughs> but then we all get generalized. <laughs> oh man. But um on that note, we're gonna wrap it up here, guys. Um I'm gonna send send you off with a safe travels low and we're going to record when we're both back maybe i'll see you at the airport yes <laughs> different directions but you never know <laughs> and when i get back i'll talk about my hawaii and she'll talk about her nye and uh yeah compare notes and in the meantime you'll be listening to our stories out there so we'll catch you when we get back Heck yeah, we'll see you guys next week with a brand new episode. All right, stay tuned and we got to go. Stay creepy. Bye. Bye. Aloha. <laughs> <laughs>